river that makes glad the city of our God, the people of God. And we drink from that river, rivers of living water, you said, are inside us, will flow from within us. We thank you there is a spring of a river that refreshes us in amidst all of the seasons of life. Lord, we thank you. Even sometimes on the hardest of days, they can be some of the most refreshing days because, Lord, there's a river inside that we have access to that you've placed there. We thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're all at different places and stages of life today. But that joy is there for us all. It doesn't matter where we've been or where we've come from. Lord, we thank you for your joy settling on our hearts and in our minds. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout this morning. Woohoo! Fantastic. You may be seated. Well, the new year is fastly approaching. We're about to leave and exit 2014 and get launched into 2015. Maybe there'll be some snow on the way. Maybe the land will lie a little different. Who knows? But you know, isn't it great? Like Faye said, we can look back on a year and we can be so thankful for the fact that God has been faithful to us. Doesn't matter what has happened in many respects. It doesn't matter how complicated sometimes the walk and the journey has seemed to be. In amidst all of that, in amidst the changes, in amidst all of the ups and downs of life, where sometimes we've wondered, Lord, I don't know if I can go on. I don't know if I can go forward. I don't know if I can get through this. In amidst all of that mix of life, God has been there, faithful, faithful. We've sung about it this morning. Sometimes we've been running there, and he's been that strong tower to us. We can look back. I can certainly look back on a year where there's been times where I've just run to him and suddenly he's enclosed around me and it's like you're in this tower of strength and you feel weak but he's looking after you and cradling you in his self, in his love and protecting you from all of those circumstances that are angry and want to take a bite out of you. There's been times like that for us when we look back over this year, where he's looked after us, where he's cared for us, where he's loved on us, and where our our lives and our relationship with him has grown deeper and more intimate. And we can be thankful for that. We really can. We can be thankful and, and look back and reflect on a year where we can say, Lord, you've brought me through another year. Lord, you've been faithful to me. Lord, you've brought me thus far. Thank you. And it's good to do that. You know, at the, at the close of a year, 
sometimes what's good to do, whether it's in a service like this or whether it's when you're at home, when you get a quiet moment, just think back and say, well, Lord, you know what? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing me through. Thank you, Jesus, for being my shepherd and leading me on down life's way. It really is. But, you know, whilst we look back at the past, we don't want to be held by the past. Whilst we want to be thankful for where God has brought us from, we don't want to be a prisoner to our past. And that's, I want to talk a little bit this morning uh, about that in the remaining time that we've got, about not being held by the past. It's good to remember the good things about what's happened. It's good to remember and think back on the good things that have occurred in our past. But we never want to be a people that's imprisoned or held by the past, do we? You know, when you think about the the stories that you read about regarding the children of Israel when they left Egypt, that was an amazing deliverance. It was absolutely fantastic. God did something incredible. Excuse me, just swallowed a fly. God did something amazing. He did an awesome wonder. He delivered people from Egypt. In fact, it was millions of people. He delivered from Egypt. And they'd been in slavery for over 400 years. And God, in a night, delivers them. God overcame uh, uh, the might of, you know, the Egyptian army and the Pharaoh. You can read about it in Exodus. It was incredible. He actually opened the Red Sea. They walked through on dry land. Moses lifted up his staff. The sea closed on the Egyptian army. There was an incredible deliverance. And on they went toward a land flowing full of milk and honey, a promised land that had been spoken and promised to Abraham, their forefather. And they were on their way. They were happy. They were going ahead. They were moving forward. But suddenly, you know, time after time after time through that journey, as they went forward toward the promised land, they couldn't get beyond their past in Egypt. And when you read about the journey towards the promised land, you, you find this complaint in the, uh, in, the, in the children of Israel rising up before God where they wanted to go back to Egypt, the place where God had delivered them from, the place that God had rescued them from, the place that, that, that had no future for them. The only thing that was back in Egypt was slavery, but there was this reoccurring cry rising up within the children of Israel where they continually wanted to go back. And God was so sad. God was so sad because he had so much for them in their future. He had so many blessings ahead of them, but they were always looking back. And you know, that's written and that's recorded for us in the Bible so that we can learn some lessons from it. It really is. Whilst we can look back and, you know, glean some some good things from the past, whilst God doesn't want us, you know, not to remember the good things. He doesn't want us to be held prisoner by our past. He really doesn't. When you look at individuals in the Bible, people just like us. You know, I like to say that the Bible, you know, you see on the front cover, don't you? It says, Holy Bible. 
Holy Bible. The Bible is holy, but the great thing is about it, this is what I like about the Bible, it's full of unholy people, just like me and you. It's a holy Bible full of unholy people. But God loves those holy peop- uh, unholy people, just like me and you. God loves unholy people. He loves getting into the mix of their lives. He loves getting into the mess. He loves, you know, just coming down and walking with them. And you, you, when, you, you, when you look through the window of the scriptures into the lives that God chose and God picked and God loved and God had a future for, you usually find that the people that he took hold of had a problem with letting go of their past. But he got involved with their lives anyway. He got into the journey of their life anyway, irrespective of whether they had a problem with their past or not. And that's great news for you and me, because today you may be sat here just like I'm standing here, and you may have a problem with letting go of some things in your past. And they, they may have a hold on you, and they may be gripping you, and you may be a prisoner to your past. There may be elements of your life that just won't let go of you and your history is following you and it will never let you go. Well, Jesus is going to help you with that. He really is. Jesus is on the journey with you. Why? Because he loves you. Why? Because he's not happy to let, you, to let your past characterize you and haunt you for the rest of your life. Now, I'm not saying that, hey, presto, wave a magic wand, everything's going to be sorted out in the next 30 minutes. That would be fantastic. It would be absolutely wonderful. But I, I do want to say this. The Holy Spirit can actually do that. He can. The Holy Spirit can help us with our past. The Holy Spirit can set us free from our past so that our past doesn't ever have a hold on us again. So that we can move forward in freedom. You know, sometimes when you, when you live constantly as a prisoner to your past, it's like this. It's like eating the same food every day. Can you imagine eating, you know, your Christmas, sitting down at the table eating your Christmas meal? Eating your turkey and your stuffing and your sprouts. We won't say any more about that. Right? Your sprouts and your lettuce. There was one little boy up here and he said he liked lettuce for Christmas. Right? So, you know, a bit of lettuce if that's what you like. And and all of the trimmings. You ate your Christmas lunch on Christmas Day. Now, can you imagine once eating that, regurgitating it and eating it again? I mean, that is gross. No, yeah. I mean, that's unimaginable. That is completely unacceptable. Once your body has digested the food that you've eaten on the table, the last thing, the unimaginable thing, would be to regurgitate that food and eat it again. I mean, that would be absolutely detestable, wouldn't it? And yet, we do that with our mind with events and hurts and pains of the past, as we rehearse them, as we go through them, we regurgitate them, and it becomes our food, and we feed off it, 
and we eat it and we digest it and it becomes this, this thing that won't separate itself from us and our history gets repeated and our history, you know, gets digested day after day, year after year, month after month and it's like we live in a prison. It's like we live in a cycle. Hey, listen, Jesus has got new food for us to eat. Jesus wants to set us free from our past. Jesus doesn't want us to go through life reliving those events that hurt us. Reliving those, those circumstances that, that marked us and marred us inside. Jesus wants to say, listen, I'm going to help you to eat new food. I'm going to put new food on the menu of your life. It's unimaginable for us to physically, you know, regurgitate food and re-eat it. But very often what happens in our soul and in our mind, we do that so often. We reflect on things that may have gone wrong in our lives, that may have hurt us, and we re-eat it, we re-cook it, and we, we share it around, we, we have our friends around, and our family, and we offer it to them, and it's distasteful to them, and it brings us, brings us down, and it brings them down. Listen, there's new food on the menu. There's new food on the menu for us to eat. We don't have to eat all that old stuff anymore. Now, I want to bring a verse this morning just to your attention. And it's from Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and verse 14. And it was the Apostle Paul speaking these words. And this is, ha- this is his attitude regarding things of the past. And I believe that it should be our attitude too. You know, uh, in, in this in this uh, season now where we're moving towards the new year. Everybody's coming out with their New Year's resolutions. You may have got a gym membership and uh, you're going to see how long you can go to the gym. It's a New Year's resolution. Our world is full at this moment of bringing forward their New Year's resolution. Well, how about a new life revelation? How about going into the new year, not with some flimsy new year resolution, but a new life resolution, revolution, revelation, whatever. (laughs) Come on, Jesus. Put a bit of oil in the preacher this morning. A new life revelation. How about that? Some new food on the menu. Listen to Paul's revelation regarding the past. And his attitude in going forward into the future. I think we should adopt this for the new year. He says, brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind. And reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let's really focus our time this morning on these words. But this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, I want to reach forward, Paul says, to what lies ahead of me. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you this morning that God wants to make a big thing about forgetting what's behind. Our world 
you know, rewards those who are able to remember. If you can remember, you are going to, you, you know, you're going to go far in this world. We educate our children. We, we, we go to university. We go to college. We, we, uh, we get in. We, we get involved in various areas of life. We go and, and, and get our jobs and get our careers and we move on through life. And we have to recall and we have to remember our world. Rewards us if we can remember and if we can recollect and if we can bring things together. But God actually is telling us through his word to forget. Forget the things that are behind you. Forget the things that want to hinder you as a person. The things, the thoughts, the hurts, all of, all of the, the past events that want to creep up into your day and remind you about who you've been or, or what's been done. All of those old things that, that has characterized your past, God says, it's time to forget about those things. It's time to move away from those things. It's time to put them behind you, leave them behind you, close the door and press towards everything that Jesus has for you. It's interesting, you know, that Paul wasn't looking back at Jesus here in this verse. He was looking forward toward him, you see. And yes, Jesus is written in our history books the Bible does very accurate, accurately present Jesus in a historical context. But when we understand that we have a relationship with him, we're not going back in history to try and find him. We're going forward in our destiny, in our relationship with him. God makes a big thing about forgetting. Forgetting what's behind in fact, when it comes to our sin, you may, you may have read this in the Old Testament. It's a wonderful, wonderful characteristic that God has. He says, as far as the east is from the west, I will remember your sins no more. Are you thankful for that this morning? I'm telling you now, I am so thankful that I can go into God's presence and he isn't waiting there to say, Dave, I remember what you did when you were 13. I remember what you did when you were 26, 30. I haven't been able to get over that, Dave. I can't forget it. No, God, because of Christ, has forgotten all of my sins. He's forgotten all of your sins. And you can walk. You can walk into his presence confidently and boldly before his throne of grace. Why? Because he's forgotten about all of those old things that once characterized us. God has forgotten our sins as far as the east is from the west. And he wants us to no longer be held by a past that's behind us. That, that, that wants us to eat its diet and eat its food and feed off its events. No, that stuff is long gone. That stuff has got to be left behind. We've got to move forward into everything that Jesus has for us. Because he has wonderful, wonderful things for you and I. You know, um, in the ancient world, and this is another real sort of pertinent illustration about how the past can affect us. How the past can affect us. In, in the ancient world, they, they had a, a form of torture. And, and 
uh, a form of of penalty when it came to uh, uh, criminals and murderers. They would uh, they would they would strap a dead body to the perpetrator. So if somebody murdered somebody, they would take the the body that they'd murdered, and they would strap it to the person that had murdered that person. And it was called carrying the body of death. So what would happen would, would be that the person that, that was guilty, he wouldn't go to prison or she wouldn't go to, to prison. What would happen was for the rest of their lives, they would have to carry a dead corpse on their back. And what would happen in the process of time, that rotting corpse, that rotting dying flesh would eat its way into the living person. And eventually, that person would, would, would experience the most gruesome pain and the most gruesome death imaginable. And very much like the past, that can happen to us. We can carry the past on, on our back. It can be strapped to us and we can't let it go and it won't let us go. And we carry it about like a body of death and it eats its way in to our lives and to our days and to everything that's ahead of us. But Jesus doesn't want that for us. You know, Paul talked about that body of death in Romans 7. He was actually carrying a body of death, he said. He couldn't separate himself from the past. This great man who wrote lots of the Bible in the New Testament, he could not separate himself from the past. In Romans 7, he says, look, the things I want to do, I can't do. And the things... That I, that, that I don't want to do, I find myself doing all the time. Sound familiar? The things I want to do, Jesus, New Year's resolution, I'm going to be fasting next year. Guess what? You're probably not going to fast. You're going to eat more than you've ever eaten, you little tinker. Jesus promised next year, I'm really going to pray more, you little liar. You're not going to be praying, you're going to be watching Sky Movies. Come on, Jesus. Thank you for Sky Movies. Woohoo! On Netflix. We've been on Netflix on the iPad. It's fantastic. And it's free for the month of December. January, we're going to kick it into touch. But we like the freebies in our house. You're not going to be praying. You'll be watching Sky Movie. You're not going to be fasting. You're going to be eating Kentucky Fried Chicken. So the things that we want to do, we can't do. It's hard in, in, in and of ourselves, through our own strength. Jesus, I'm going teetotal next year. I'm only drinking lemonade. Next thing you're down the pub having a pint of cider. Down the bush. <laughs> Bushwhacking. I'm going teetotal, Lord. Promise, only squash. Right. And then, and then you, you're on the grape juice. But the grape juice has got a bit of a sting. But you see, the things that we want to do, there's a good desire in all of us. The things that we want to do, we can't do. But the things that, that we don't want to do, we very often do. Why? Because we're held by our past. We're held, we're bound, we're, we're restricted. But, but, and Paul knew the restrictions of a past life that was on him that wouldn't let him go. 
And, and he, gets, he gets to the end of himself. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. I'm a wretched man. That's encouraging to know that a great apostle said that. We can all look up. Wretched man, I'm a terrible man. I wish I could do the things I want to do, but I find myself doing the things I don't want to do. I'm in a right mess. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I'm carrying my past around. I'm, I, I, I can't let it go. It won't let me go. I'm trying to make this Christian life walk, uh, work, and it's not working. And then suddenly, suddenly at the end of Romans 7, it is absolutely amazing. I read it and I love it every time. He suddenly, when he, call, when he says, I'm a wretched man, he suddenly sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. And he says, oh, thank God, Jesus Christ, my Lord. That's what he says. And you find a wonderful transformation in Paul's life from Romans 7, when he goes into Romans 8, because that body of death that was so ugly and awful, the past life that wouldn't let him go, suddenly gets cut free from him. You, you listen to him in Romans 8, and he's a different bloke. He's saying there's, no, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. He's praising God. He's focusing on Jesus. He's focusing on all of the wonderful things that God's done for him. You look at him in Romans 7. He's a wretched man. I can't do this. I'm trying to do this. I'm messed up. I, and and the, the prominent pronoun throughout Romans 7 is the I pronoun. It's Paul looking at himself. He's, he's, he's got this big searchlight on, on what he can't do. And he, 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 he falls to his knees. Jesus sets him free from his past. You look at him and listen to him in Romans 8. He's a different bloke. Our answer in dealing with our past is just meeting Jesus. Walking with him. No big flashy answer. Because he will come to us, each and every one of us, in a different way, uniquely. And whatever is holding you back or me back, he'll say, Dave, do you know what? That thing's going to go. I, I, I've seen how you've been struggling with that, Dave. That, that past, that past issue that you've got. All of you'd like to know what it, what it is, wouldn't you? You little nosy tinkers. I'm not going to tell you, it's private. I haven't got any sins. I got hundreds of them. <laughs> right? But no, you, you passed you pa- things in, in, in all of our lives that we're struggling with. It's hard. Wrestling. Oh, failed again, Jesus. Failed again, messed up again. I wish, Jesus, I, I could just, you know, get by and get through. Whatever it is. And he'll just come along and say, I know you're struggling, Dave. I'm going to help you with you and for you going to work it out don't worry forget about it son forget about it Lord yeah this one thing do this one thing Dave what's that Lord just forget about the things that are behind you and look for me ahead of you and follow me into everything that I have for you it's a simple formula It's a very simple truth. It's a resolution that we should take into 
every day of this next year that's before us. Not only just a resolution like some world resolution, but a revelation. A revelation. Isn't it great that God is actually saying to us and allowing us to forget? Do you know lots of times people want you to remember? Well, I remember when you did that. I remember when you said that. I remember what you did to me. And I understand that. We're just, we're just human beings. We, we, we operate like that. That's our default. Well, you said that. And, and I, it was, you know, I mean, we go back into the history books and we hold records and we've got our little filing cabinets inside and we pull the file out and, well, you did this in 1943. I don't know if I can forgive you for that. And we remember and we recite and we recount and we bring it out on the table. God isn't like that. He really isn't. And maybe this year he's saying, look, let's open the filing cabinets together. This one's got to go. He likes, Steve, you like that, don't you, Steve? You're liking that one, right? Let's get the fight. Look, there's a lot of cobwebs in here, boy. David, look now. You shouldn't have that file, you shouldn't have that, that file on that person there. That one's got to go. This one's got to go. So I want to fill the cabinet with new things, Dave. Instead of all of that stuff that, 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 that you've got on others and they've got on you, why not put my word in there? Why not put my promises in there? Why not fill it with my love? And he'll do that. He'll do that. Maybe it's too painful to open that, that filing cabinet. Maybe it's too painful. And that's okay. Just leave it and let him come. And let him open it. He'll take care of it. He really will. Amen? So this next year is a year where we can do one thing. If we do one thing in forgetting the things that are behind us, our quality of life is going to be so blessed, so enriched, and so just beautiful. Because it's going it's, it's to represent what he wants it to represent and look like. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. We're going to close in just a few moments. But do you know, I remember a man called Bryn Jones just um, telling a story once. And it's, it, it's actually a really, really great story. And he just talked about a time where, where he, he had obviously committed a sin. And um, I don't know if it was a big sin or a small sin or if you can count them big or small. But he'd, he'd done something that had upset another minister. Okay, so the meeting, you know, he met this guy and he's, you know, all happy and, hey, how are you doing? And the guy said, oh, I've got to, I need to sit down with you. I need to talk to you about something. He said, oh, of course, sure, yeah, what, what do we need to chat about? He said, well, Bryn, he said, you, you committed a sin there. He said, what you did was wrong. You shouldn't have done that. So Bryn turned to him and said, well, do you know what? You're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you know. I did commit a sin there, and, and actually it was wrong. Yeah, it was wrong. Thinking about it, it was wrong. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me. Amen. Should we go for dinner now? 
And the man turned to him and he said, "Uh, excuse me, Brim. He said, you can't get forgiveness that quick. You You can't wipe that sin out that fast. And Brim turned to the man and he said, listen. He said, your sin is in remembering what I've been forgiven of. Because my faith has given me access into a freedom in Christ immediately. And how often, how often do we hold people, do we hold ourselves back from receiving that immediate grace, that immediate provision of freedom in Christ because we go back into our past or into the past of others and we just won't let it go. Listen. There's freedom in Jesus. There's forgiveness in him. The moment that we have faith in who he is and what he's provided for us, there's immediate access and forgiveness and a removal of the past as far as the east is from the west. And I believe that Bryn had a great revelation of that. Amen. Let's just close our eyes a minute. There may be somebody here this morning. And you've never asked Jesus into your heart. You know, Jesus loves you very much. He really does. He loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. A friendship. Wants to come into your heart. And you may have let lots of different stuff come through your heart. Loads and loads of stuff. The list could be endless. But Jesus says, listen, if you'll invite me to come into your heart, I will come in. I won't kick the door down. I won't demand. I won't force my way in. Why? Because he loves you. He respects you. So he will wait. And if today you will allow him to come in, he'll come in. If today you say, no, Jesus need you to wait need you to wait today's not my day he'll respect that he will but oh he so wants to come into your heart today right now in fact the bible says if you call if you call his name jesus if you call his name from your heart jesus suddenly he will come into your heart and live in you as a savior the Savior I want to give you an opportunity right now to do that I want to pray with you I want to ask you to just say a little prayer with me to ask Jesus to come into your heart come into your life and he will say this quietly and mean it Jesus I ask you to live in my heart. I don't know what that means. I admit I don't understand that. But somehow I know right now you're close to me. Save me from my sin. 
I ask you for your forgiveness. I call on you to be my Savior and my Lord. Amen. Now, while eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer, we want to give you a little booklet. Would you quickly just lift your hand up? We can pass a little booklet to you. I believe we've got a Bible for you. If you prayed that prayer this morning, lift your hand up. If you want a little booklet after, yeah, there's a person there. That's it. Well done, my love. Great. Takes courage to do it, you see. That's great. You'll never be the same. Jesus, his peace, you've found today. Is there another one? If you'd like a little booklet, a little Bible after, you can take one. Be some people at the back, just take a Bible. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you today that you don't rub our noses in the stuff of the past. You don't take us down memory lane every day of our lives, but you're leading us on into a new future. Lives are growing. We thank you for that. We thank you together as your family, as your people. We can help one another. Lord God, we thank you today for your presence in this place. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father.